QBs. This is episode 50. Pop the champagne. We made it to 50 episodes. It's a good one covering the NFC and AFC championship games. What is going on with Tom Brady? Is he retiring? Is he not? What in the Lord's name is he doing? We're going to talk a little MLB Hall of Fame. Congratulations to Happy. And also our usual punchable face of the Episode 50. Who knew we would get to episode big 5-0 halfway to tattoos, fellas? Hey, yeah, it's baby. the Bon Jovi episode. About, we are we are halfway there. Oh, let's uh, talk about let's talk about episode 50, number 50. Um this one should be easy. He's a 10-time NBA All-Star. 1995 MVP. David Robinson. Yes, sir. Two-time NBA champion in 93 and 03. The Admiral. The Admiral. Two-time Olympic gold medal winner, 92-96. Two-time Hall of Fame inductee for his individual career and as a member of the 92 men's Olympic team. A two-time U.S. Olympic Hall of Fame inductee in 2008 individually and 2009 as a member of the Dream Team. Uh, he was... NBA 50th anniversary team, 75th anniversary team, and born in Key West. Who knew that? What? Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, wow. Yeah. I actually went have a high school. David Robinson story. He went to high school in Manassas, Virginia, and then, of course, Navy, and did two, was it two years of service before going to the NBA? Yeah. Yep. Was it? So, what's your, what's, let's hear your David Robinson story. My, Since you don't have anything uh, about, talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. This is a great way to <laughs> There we go. Good segue. But my uh, one of our phys ed teachers in high school also happened to be a college basketball referee. And one of the conferences he was assigned to, I think at the time, Navy was in the Colonial. Colonial. Yeah. yeah. Colonial. So we went to a CAA game down at Navy where he was the referee. And David Robinson hit a half court shot, half court shot at the buzzer to win the game. So not only was I there for that, but after that, the ref brought us into the locker room to meet David Robinson. He was already a super, superstar. That's that's my one and only David Robinson experience, but it was a pretty good one. Do you he know that in- when he went to Naval, the Naval Academy, he didn't start out that tall. He shot up in college and he was going to be on, on submarines. Yeah, he got, he got to be too tall for a submarine. Was he not recruited by anybody? Because that's probably why. Mm-hmm. Or did he really want to? I don't know the answer to that. I think he wanted to serve. Yeah, that's cool. Good one. Well, he was a, uh, I mean, yeah, he was, he was really a special guy and a special talent. That's for sure. So uh, and a good, and a good one for our 50th. Yeah. And a good guy and a good one for our 50th, uh, 50th episode. So not, not a small accomplishment. Congratulations boys on getting to 50. Yes. I didn't think we'd make it past two. And here we I, are. Yeah. I always knew we would. <laughs> I had the under also. It's a little, a little doubtful after Nantucket, but other than that, well, had the faith. yeah, there was a moment. There might have been a moment. <laughs> How about the Vegas uh, episode? 
Yeah, the Vegas episode could have uh, sidetracked the whole thing. <laughs> we were yeah, I mean, on the way. Two Live our, Crew our was censored for less than the for, Vegas episode. Our fans are clamoring for more live pod. I think we're going to be able to give it to them pretty soon. That's right. There may be one coming, that's for sure. Listen, um, pretty hard to top last weekend, the, the, the weekend before of football. I mean, greatest football weekend ever with probably arguably one of the greatest football games ever played. Um, but man, house, uh, they did a pretty good job uh, yesterday, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, notwithstanding, is anybody else really fucking annoyed at Tony Romo? Yes. I mean, just, my um, God. It's, it's amazing. I don't know what to <sighs> do next. I just yeah. wish he would shut up. But other than that, other than Tony Romo trying to spoil the games, I was right with you. There was like no way they were going to be able to beat last weekend. And there you had it. Two unbelievable championship games. Uh, we're going to do the same rundown. Do you know that we had 8,000 people check out our episode last week from episode 49? 8,000 people contacted us on social media. So it was very popular. And we're going to run it back because, fellas, you – Nailed it last week. So here we are for episode 50. We're going to break this down again. I need to know how these teams won the game, how they lost. Um, Rooster, we're going to start with you. Oh, boy. This guy. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, God. Joe Burrow. Time for the crow. Time for you to leave the Giants, go over to the Bengals, adopt your new team. How do, did the Bengals win this game at the Chiefs? four-time defending conference at home and they knocked him off. How'd they do it? Well, just first of all, just to satisfy Pope, I am going to say, you know, speaking about getting it right, uh, you know, a lot of fans have come up to me and said, you know, you clearly know more about football than these other jokes. How how do you keep screwing (laughs) screwing up the lock picks? (laughs) And I'm just like, you know, I just haven't been taking it seriously lately, but I announced that I was going to get serious about it. And who did I pick? The Bengals. So, Roosters back, everybody. Don't you worry. I had the Bengals beating the next game. I had the Bengals beating the Chiefs and the Niners beating uh, the Rams. I was a little bit off on the Niners so you're, game. You're on a losing streak. But, well, 50% uh, you're on a losing is streak. high for him. 50% but nobody else picked the Bengals. Nobody else picked the Bengals. It was, it was yeah. a great pick. Great pick. Anyway, what is it? a dog's uh, ass some days. The first. <laughs> In the first half of that game, I thought it was over. I mean, I thought I said the Pope in the first quarter, this game is over. I mean, uh, the Chiefs scored three touchdowns on their first four possessions and came within a yard of scoring four touchdowns on their first four possessions. But then the Bengals went into the halftime and made a huge defensive adjustment um, and started disguising their pass rush. They rushed less guys. They were rushing three guys and had like eight guys back covering all these terrific Chiefs receivers. And once again, just like House says, Andy Reid didn't make that the counter adjustment and it worked. So, you know, three touchdowns in the first half, three points in the second half for the Bengals. That that's I mean, for the Chiefs. So that that was the big change. And somehow they managed with only rushing three guys to sack. Um, Mahomes four times. So they made some brilliant defensive adjustments. And of course, Joe Burrow, tough as ever, uh, cool under pressure, 
The defense gets a pick in overtime and he marches them down to kick and gets in field goal range and their rookie kicker drills it through again. I mean, just amazing. Um, I, I'm my, like I told you, my sister lives in Cincinnati and I went to college in Ohio and a lot of friends there. I'm really happy for all those people. They have waited so long for this and it's hard not to get swept up in the excitement. It's a really incredible story with Joe Burrow. Uh, National title, first pick overall, has a chance to complete the trifecta Heisman. of winning a Super Bowl and the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable. Oh, and let's let's not forget a, a massive knee injury in there, yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. But so, I, Milk, I, I mean, I, I think you need credit, Milk. I mean, you called it. You had some yeah. doubters, and he slumped a little bit. But you called Burrow a long time ago, Milk. Every one of you doubted him. Every damn one of you. Mm. Even you at some point. Oh, I mean, doubted so. him. No, 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 no. This guy's a winner, by the way. I don't know if you noticed. Um, I <laughs> like life. So he's a great quarterback. He's going to do great things. My only thing I'm wrong at is I didn't say he was going to win a Super Bowl in year one or yeah. year two. But well, it's his first full year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first year in the playoffs. But he might do that, which is insane. I thought. I thought Oh, go ahead, Pope. Well, I said I thought the play of the game was on that final drive in regulation when Burrow was going to get sacked. He's probably going to lose about 10 to 15 yards, and they had him in their grasp, and he was able to get out and go get a first down. I mean, that that the momentum changed quickly at that point, and then the you know the Bengals kept marching down the field to kick the field goal. And then Mahomes was like a, you know, two different quarterbacks in each half. I mean, he was missing guys, he was throwing at their feet, he was passing up open short passes to scramble around and look for a long pass and he'd get sacked. I mean, it was just weird the way well, the I, I tie gotta changed. Give credit to the, for, those were coverage sacks. Those, yeah. those weren't blitzes. They were coverage sacks. You got to give credit to the Bengals secondary. Yeah. What, Even what Eli Apple played well. Believe what, you can believe that. At the end of the first half. Now I, I saw, I was texting you guys that, I guess Mahomes wanted to go for another play, right? And Reed wanted to kick a field goal. And then Mahomes totally screwed up and didn't throw the ball in the end zone and they ran out of time. Yeah. But well, I we're think gonna, he, we're, 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 yeah, we're going to get to that with Pope. That. We're going to, Pope's going to dissect the Chiefs on the loss. So I want to get to that. But going, going back to the Bengals, I got to give credit to their determination to still run the ball with Mixon um, mm-hmm. because the chiefs were shutting that down early and it would have been an easy temptation to put it in the hands of Burrow and let him throw to Jamar chase and whatever, but they lost their tight end Azuma to an injury and they stayed disciplined with the run and Mixon broke off, broke off some really, really important runs in the second half. And there's so many coaches that go away and they panic and they go away from the run and credit to the, coaches on both the offensive and defensive side of the Bengals. And, you know, and to guys like uh, Trey Hendrickson, who is just, you know, he's not a super talent. He's just a, he's just a hardworking high motor kind of guy who, when they're rushing three, he and Sam Hubbard and others wound up sacking Mahomes four times in that game. It was amazing. Yeah. Did anybody see the, the sort of controversial play with Mixon involved in, uh, on the, I guess the last drive that set up what the tying field goal, 
uh, where fumble. he, yeah, where he, um, he rushed and he sort of broke a tackle or two. And then he was, you know, he probably ran about five or six yards untouched and then tripped over his own player and went down and getting up, just dropped the ball. Like the play was over and the chiefs picked up the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there was a period of time where the officials were over talking to Andy Reed for, and no one really knew what was, what they were talking about, but right. It's interesting to look at. I mean, nobody yeah. even thought anything of it. Now, I don't know. It's if not down by contact. Well, was, yeah. it, was, it not. was an early whistle? No, he was. He tripped over his own player. Yeah. So they they right. assumed they assumed that it was a chief that had tackled him. So he could have gotten up and run go down. Yeah. But did they blow the whistle? Is that why it wasn't reviewable? Oh, I don't be. know about that. That's probably true. Have yeah. we lost milk? No, he's here. The lawn guy took him out. He, he's just not proud of his face. Right <laughs> oh, now. there we go. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was, an, that was an interesting little side note that didn't, didn't really have anything to do, you know, with the game. But, um, Look, you no. know, if he gets up and runs it into the end zone and comes back and says, no one touched me, what would ha- what would have happened? So then they would have right. replayed it. Yeah. Well, the Bengals deserved a lot of the credit for winning that game. But a lot of people say that a team who was steamrolling along lost that game. And Pope, we're going to have you cover this, but I just want to start out with this question to you. Who bears more of the responsibility for the loss in that game, Patrick Mahomes or Andy Reid? And then take us away on your loss analysis. You know, that, that's the classic captain of the ship question. I mean, Andy Reid didn't make adjustments in the second half when it was clear that they were having issues moving the ball. Uh, so, I mean, you got to pin a lot on him. But, you know, Mahomes... Uh, my buddies back in Dallas, they call it hero ball. Mahomes falls in love with the ability to scramble and do the impossible. And, you know, boy, what a great touchdown pass he had to Tyreek Hill in the first half. I mean, that was classic hero ball. But, you know, live by the hero ball, die by the hero ball. I, you got to put most of the blame at Mahomes' feet. I mean, a championship caliber quarterback like him with a 21 to three point lead at home going to the Super Bowl does not lose that game. Just doesn't. It it doesn't matter about coaching. He just doesn't lose that game. I mean, you got to put this game in perspective, guys. This is the second largest road comeback in NFL postseason history. And it ties the Colts in 2006 when they came back against the Pats for it being down 18 points in the, in the championship game and, and coming back. So, I mean, history was not on the side of the Bengals. Neither were the odds. So after the third touchdown drive, the ESPN odds were 94.9% chance that the Chiefs were going to win. I mean, you got to like those odds. In fact, those odds were higher than the odds that the that the uh, Bills had to lose after uh, after the um, uh, score to go into uh, before overtime. So had to win. You mean? Yeah, had to win. So th- those odds were just nobody comes back from that. Um, Twenty-one to three. Okay, here's what happened. Mahomes at that point was thirteen for fourteen, 154 yards, three touchdowns, with five minutes and four seconds left in the second quarter. They they hadn't hadn't been stopped you know the the uh the Bengals kick a field goal they're down 21 to 3 the end of the half I mean you know we can dissect that but no timeouts left 13 seconds 
That sounds familiar. Um, was there another game in the postseason? Oh, yeah. Dallas. No timeouts left. So what what do the Chiefs do? Well, they get lucky and they get an interference call in the first play. So they have nine seconds left. They have the ball on the one-yard line. First play, Mahomes throws the ball away. Nobody's open. Then they got five seconds left. And so that's that's the controversy, you know. And I I've I've read up and I'm not sure we'll ever know. I mean, did Andy Reid really want to kick a field goal and did Mahomes call him off? I, I don't know. But the bottom line is if you look at the replay on that, Hill was open, but Mahomes threw the ball behind him and gave him no opportunity once he caught it. Eli Apple closed on him faster. And so they shut him down on the one, and there was no time left. At the time, you're like, okay, 21 to 10. Chiefs are rolling. Rolling. Uh, rolling. They're, they're, they're not going to have any issues in the second half. Well, yes, they are, because they had two first downs in the second half before they got to the final drive. And even when, they got, even when they got to the final drive, you're thinking, okay, well, they've kind of screwed around in the second half, but they're going to take the ball and they're going to jam it. There's me no time left. They learned, their, you know, they learned the lesson that the bills didn't uh, and they're going to walk off uh, with a touchdown. And, and it looked for every intense purposes, like that's what was going to happen. But just inexplicably Mahomes, just when they had that first down on the five yard line uh, with a minute uh, left in, in the, uh, in the game, you know, Mahomes gets sacked for five yards. And the next play on third down, he gets sacked again for 13 yards and fumbles. And they were lucky just to get the ball back. I mean, it, it was probably two of the worst plays in Mahomes' history. Uh, kicked the field goal. And then we did a TikTok. I don't know if they ever run. Me and Rooster and, and Bison about, oh, God, here we go with another coin flip to decide. <laughs> to decide Remember that. Who's going to the Super Bowl. And and sure enough, Chiefs win, and you think, okay, here we go, the walk off again. But and they were they were just missing something. There was just that the, the element that the Chiefs had, you know, again the Bills game where they just couldn't be stopped. Something happened to that, and the, and the gas got turned off because, again, horrible, you know, first possession by Mahomes should have been intercepted on the first on the second pass. Uh, Eli Apple dropped a, a, a sure interception, hit him right between the numbers. But on third down, Mahomes. I think he had Kelsey over the middle, but he fell in love with throwing the ball deep. Uh, the guy was covered. I can't remember who it was, but he was covered um, both front and back. And it was, you know, a ricochet interception. But they're going to have to punt anyway because it was well, going to be completed. But I, I want to ask a, a question that's a little bit of a, of a different topic now. Um, sort of stay, sticking with Mahomes and, and the way he played. You can pick Mahomes, Burrow, Josh Allen, or Herbert as your quarterback right now going forward? Or who? Herbert. Oh, Herbert. Herbert. Okay. Herbert. Yeah. Who do you take? Mahomes. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even a question. I think I take Burrow if he's healthy. In a Super Bowl? In Burrow, Burrow, has, Burrow has the potential to be more like a Tom Brady. Uh, you know, you I mean, I think, himself, I, I think, but, but Mahomes is dangerous. Mahomes, um, I, I, you know, I, I would. Mahomes is exciting, but Mahomes's window has closed a little bit. He has squandered two chances now to get a Super Bowl, and he's got some pretty tough three. competition. I mean, yeah, and and let's not forget a guy named Deshaun Watson who may be back in in the mix too. I mean, yeah. not, probably not at that level, but you know, on the right team, um, 
I don't know, man. Mahomes had a chance, and you know, we talked about this uh, when when Kansas City was playing terribly at the beginning of the year. With Toby, I think you brought up about bronzing these guys too early. Um, I, you know, at one point we were talking about Mahomes beating Brady's record for Super Bowls. I, I, I'm not sure he gets gets another one. He got a good. He, 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 yeah, he's exciting, but he's also a little dangerous. Yeah, uh, at this point, he's he's got some he's a serious competition. Bet. The AFC has got a lot of talent. Oh, yeah. oh, wait a second. How how can you call a guy who's made it to four consecutive AFC championships a risky bet? Okay, within the game, he he made mistakes for sure, but no other quarterback has done that. And I mean, look, he he beat heads up heads up these guys, except for you know, look, Joe Burrow and. Tom Brady are the only two quarterbacks to ever beat Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. So it's not like there's a whole I mean, list of guys who have Josh, Josh Allen should have beaten them. Right. I mean, yep. if, if, yes. if the coach, if they coach the team a little bit and, and the defense does anything smart, they win that game. Yep. I think, it, I think the whole game came down to that play that Pope was talking about with five seconds to go. I have no idea what was supposed to happen, but, how can you not throw the ball into the end zone? You can't even give the chance of being tackled before it. I, I don't get it. I, I do not get that play call, whether it was by Mahomes well, or Reed. And, and another thing you got to remember is Mahomes likes in the red zone. He likes to scramble. Well, there's five seconds. You know, drop back. If nobody's open, bury the ball and kick a field goal. But once he starts scrambling, you know, half's over. So, that does again, it doesn't make sense. He's not the right quarterback for that, that decision. Can I just tell you, when they were driving down and there was two minutes to go and it seemed obvious that they were going to drive all the way down and score a touchdown, I literally was texting to some friends that I think Cincinnati should let them score and give Burrow the chance with two minutes to go. I mentioned that too. I I, I was like, they're going to score, so you might as well give Burrow as much time as possible and put the ball last in your hands. And you know what? Credit to both, I guess, Mahomes being a bonehead and their incredible defense. They held him to three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, they they rushed on that sack that they almost got the fumble recovery on the last play before the field goal. I guess it was three. They were doing three, three every time. It was three. I mean, that that coverage, they were just sticking to them. Uh, I'm going to leave you with this, guys. And it was, uh, I think Toby texted me this, this stat on Twitter last night, but... In the first half, Mahomes, 18 for 21 for 220 yards, three touchdowns, 149.9 quarterback rating. Second half, eight for 18, 55 yards, two interceptions, and a 12.3 rating. That is going to leave a mark. That's going to leave a mark. Mahomes is a choking dog. That's the new word on the street. (laughs) Andy's a risky bet. Uh, you know, I, well, I, I said, I said he's risky and he he's risky in the game the way, and he played risky the way he's always dancing around in the back. And that's, that's what hurt him at the end. But does the offensive line need a little bit of blame here? Yes. Uh, they weren't helping, helping. I don't him. know. They gave him but, like know. 10 seconds on these coverage sacks. No, he scrambled yeah, away from a lot of the pressure. He was scrambling out of those situations. He yeah. was making a lot you know, worse or easier than it was. Uh, they, but. they have so many weapons on that team yeah. to not to not be able to score. You know, a touchdown in the second half. I guess that's all um, they needed. Yeah, that's, that's after pretty... Andy. After Andy Reid 
took us to four NFC championships and could only get one Super Bowl appearance for the Eagles, our city said, good riddance, clock management, halftime mismanagement. And everybody was like, what is wrong with you guys? You're ungrateful. You should see some of the Chiefs chatter today. They want him gone. They're oh, done okay. with Big Red. Oh, well, wow. Uh, you guys, you guys wanted uh, championship at home. So by oh, Philly, 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 Philly been to a championship us. game in 28 years. We haven't yeah. been in 27. He's yeah. been four straight at home, and they want him gone. Four <laughs> but else, you guys wanted. Uh, what was your quarterback, McNabb? You wanted him gone too after that. So yeah. maybe you know, maybe it's time to get rid of uh, Mahomes. Eight championship games and conference championship games, one Super Bowl victory. He's entering some some Marv Levy territory. All yeah, right. right. Let's go over to um, the NFC. Another phenomenal game, California Clash. Let's start with how the Rams did it. Uh, it might be painful for you to recap again, Milk, the Rams' greatness, but you, you're, you have you have a bird's eye view on that hey, team. Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look. I, I will say this. I was watching that game yesterday, and at halftime, I was saying, I mean, they. I thought the Rams were in serious trouble because the 49ers were playing the game the exact way they wanted it to go. Three-point lead, keep it close, don't go down because you don't want to have to have Jimmy Garoppolo have to take you back in any situation. Um, and they were in real trouble, and then – that game was all about what a second half adjustment that the defense made the Rams defense. Um, You know, they, they gave Stafford time. I think in the second half alone, Von Miller and Aaron Donald had seven pressures on Jimmy G one leading to a horrific end of the game interception. Although I guess he was trying to get rid of the ball. He had no choice. Um, But look, you know, I said it last week, this is about giving Stafford time. And when you give him time, he's going to pick you apart. And he's got two unbelievable wide receivers. And I mean, like Cooper Cup's getting all the attention, but OBJ is right there. He was wide open for a lot of that game. Why? Do, and it's, you know, he's kind of like, it's reminding me a lot of the, the Bucks last year where this, he's like the Antonio Brown. He's like the missing link that's going to carry them over. But he had a hundred what 113 yards receiving yep. yesterday yep. Cooper cup, 142 yards, two touchdowns. I don't care what you do. I mean, you can't cover the guy. It doesn't matter. Double team him, whatever there. He, that guy's going to get open. He's unbelievable. And I think the 49ers had one sack. Was it one or one and a half? Something like yeah. that. Um, did you, you can't do that. You can't did do you, that. Stafford. Did you see the pass? The touchdown pass, I think it was in the first quarter that it might have been the first score that Stafford threw to Cooper Cup in the oh, corner, yeah. the back corner of the end zone. It was double covered and not open. And Stafford just zipped that ball right in there where only Cooper Cup catches. Yeah. I mean, he's he's still got a rifle. He he's amazing. And and I feel really I, I mean, I know the Rams beat us and I it sucks, but you have to feel pretty good for Stafford. I will say this though, yep. just a note. It was very embarrassing to see that many 49ers fans there. And when your own team is doing silent counts, that is horrible. And I feel bad. I know, like, I think, like, Stafford's wife had, 
Hadn't Stafford's wife bought like a block of tickets? I think she bought a block of tickets and was selling them, but you had to prove that you were a Rams fan to buy them from her. I mean, so it's that bad. Um, I mean, there's a lot of red there, but good for him. He's, he's earned this. And uh, I, I, I like the momentum of the Rams. They're in their own stadium again for crazy second time in two years. Um, they're going to be a tough out in the Super Bowl. Tough matchup for, not, for the not really much of a home advantage, though. No. Yeah, I guess not. I mean, it may be, though. It may they may pick up. You know how people yeah. are homers it may yeah. pick up. The, but I think the I think the Bucks had an advantage playing on their own turf last year. But I I don't think SoFi is that you know going to be that for the Rams. But also like home is home. Watch the game where I mean, if you look back at that game yesterday, do you remember anyone running the ball? Like there was no rushing no. attack. I don't think I remember. I don't remember Sony Michelle's name being called at all. Sony, we're no, we're going to get, get to first that. Downs. He had, I think they had, I think the Rams had 70 yards rushing. Okay. 70 yards, horrible. And, and still came back and went, but um, yeah, you know, it's when you've got these weapons at wide receiver and you can't, you double cover, uh, double cover them and they still get open and, and all, and you've got somebody like OBJ. They're tough. They're going to be tough. Here's what's fascinating about the Rams. Really, really fascinating. This this Super Bowl appearance was a massive gamble made by the front office. Check this out. They are $14 million over the salary cap going into next year. They have no pick in the first two rounds of the draft, and they don't have a first round pick in the NFL draft until 2024. That was to get Stafford, to get Ramsey, to get OBJ, to get Von Miller, to get all these guys for this year. And here they are. This year are bust. Yeah. Yeah. They've gone away. um, You you know, Kelly Stafford has her own good story too, right? Um, You guys all know about that, right? That she had a brain tumor. Yeah. And a couple of years ago, and she, I mean, she spent the last year and a half learning how to walk again. Um, I mean, really a, a pretty remarkable story of our own. Uh, it's worth worth looking up and reading about. Hmm. Well, while, while you have the Mike Bison, uh, the Niners were up by double digits in the second half and another uh, big lead in a championship game blown. What happened to the Niners? Why they lose this game? Well, you know, first of all, I, I think you have to say how good their defense is and their secondary didn't play great. Um, but their defense is really something else because, you know, that, that, that Rams offense is loaded and, uh, they, they held them in check. So I give, I give that defense a lot of credit. Um, although they, they made some bad plays down the stretch, particularly in the secondary that dropped interception. Um, but we were talking about running the ball and the Niners had 50 yards rushing and averaged two and a half yards a carry. I think that's that's what they had. Fifty yards rushing. Wow, that's the wow. that's the stat I got out of the box. Um, it's hard to win a playoff game with fifty yards rushing, and your quarterback is Jimmy G. Correct. And that's the bottom line on this. <laughs> that's the bottom line. You know, right. we, we can come talk about dropped interceptions and the run game, but what I mean, 
the Rams have a really good defense, of course, and and they said, Jimmy G, you're going to have to beat us, and that guy is just not going to beat you. And, you know, I felt a little bad for him at the end with the pick that he threw to end, to end the game because he was running for his life, and he was trying to do something, and it did, you know, he got – it was like nobody blocked for him on that play. I mean, they, they just came right up the middle at him. And then it, the ball did hit the the back in the hands. It was a little high. Whatever. Maybe he doesn't get all the blame on that one. But, you know, look, uh, apologies, apologies to the to the Sanguinettis, but he is not the quarterback that's going to march you down the field and win that game for you. And and uh, that's why they had 50 yards rushing. Oh. And then and then I also saw a statistic. And somebody tell me if this is wrong. Is it possible that Debo touched the ball twice in the second half? Wow. Oh, was, was he the same oh. after it? I mean, he, he, did he do much after that? He was down Apparently for not. Right after that hit. Yeah. He was – I don't yeah. know if he up there because he was a – or they figured out. He was a different person after that. Well, what about this? Um, the the Niners were up seventeen to fourteen in the fourth quarter, and they had fourth and two, and Shanahan punted the ball away. Yeah. That's kind of a questionable decision when you have that kind of a motion running game that they have. The, they punt the ball away. The um, the Rams tie the score up seventeen to seven. Jimmy G gets the ball back. Um, second and 10, he gets a freaking delay of game called against him. So now it's third and long and he, he hits Brandon Ayuk, who's wide open, but he doesn't hit him in stride. He hits, he, you know, it was a drop pass because it was a bad pass. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, and then he, then he throws an interception after that with a minute nine left to go in the game. I mean, you're right. He's, he's just not the guy for crunch time and Shanahan needed to know that and not not punt the ball away. They needed to go for broke, get that first down and keep putting points on the board. Yeah, but you 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 did skip in that 17-14 sequence after the fourth and two. I mean, Bison talked about it for a second, but you can say all you want about Jimmy G. There's 9.47 to go, and Stafford decides to throw a, a deep ball to center field, and there's center fielder with the just the yeah. easiest lazy fly ball yeah. Yeah. coming to Jaquiski Tart, Jaquiski Jamie Tart, and goes right through his hands. And if he catches that it's like a ball, three pointer, yeah, that was awesome. If he catches that ball, I think the Niners had a good chance to sew it up. I don't know. I, to the guy's credit, he was a stand up guy. He took a lot of blame for that. But that I think the Niners fans are the ones that, that that's the play they want back. You know, not everybody he was can catch a ball from a camped out. Uh, NFL quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was literally camped out under it like a center fielder, you know, like took three steps back and was waiting to catch it. And it like hit him in the chest, like off the glass in, in basketball and went right through the, his arms. And he, was, had, he had space in front of him to run it back. He would have picked yeah. up 20, 30 yards. Yep. Yeah, that was crazy. Our listeners need to know that today, no lie, Rooster received a pass from Dan Marino. That's and, right. And completed a pass to Dan Marino. Yeah, that's true. On it. Rooster's more. And they caught a second one from him. You caught two passes from him. That's right. That's right. I fumbled well, the second fumbled one. The second one. <laughs> yeah, well, I think it was on the exchange. 
Yeah. Thank, thank God. <laughs> it, was a, it was a good catch. Well, it was a, it was a great listening rooster. Are you going to tell us that you cheated and looked at, at the Google for the 19th? No, no, no. I, I, I actually knew the hard ones first. It was. Oh, wait, wait, hey, don't, 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 don't answer it. Don't answer it. All right. But because we can put this out on, on uh, social media. Oh, that's a good All right, one. What was the trivia question? Trivia question was who in, 19, in the 1983 draft, which quarterbacks were taken ahead of Dan Marino? That's like, saying no, 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 no. The question ah. was there, there are six uh, quarterbacks who were taken. Name four of the six who were all Hall of Fame caliber quarterbacks. That was the question. It's the same. Draft. It's the same question. They were all they were all taken before Marino. Marino was the second to last person picked in that draft. Hall of Fame caliber or like I don't know about the, Hall of Fame caliber based on some. Of those yeah, there only two of them were Hall of Fame caliber. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, anyway, congrats on the pass. Congrats on the reception to Dan Marino. Sorry to the Sangs and the 49ers. Uh you know, of course, we guys, we had an awesome conference championship weekend, but a little baby almost upstaged it. Right? Oh. Milk. He just, he cannot let go of the attention. Can he? Brady, Brady, why are you doing this to me? Yeah. What happened? Talk- What's going on? Is he retiring little, or not? Here's what happened. So I guess Friday night, uh, what's the writer's name? Somebody at CBS wrote this, wrote an article saying that he had heard sources that he was going to retire and um, nothing really came from that. But then about 24 hours later on Saturday, uh, chef and the ESPN guys basically come out and say, yeah, it's over. He's, he's retiring. And, and then we hear that he, has called the bucks and is saying that he's still thinking about it, which is a little weird. Uh, but, but Adam Schefter and, and these guys are saying it with so much confidence that it's definitely, I, it's he tweeted almost like, it. TB 12 account yeah. tweeted it. You guys can criticize Schefter all you want. The TB 12 Twitter no. account tweeted that he was retiring. I, I think he's 100% retiring. I think, I think they knew, I think they knew probably a few weeks ago and probably were waiting, but I think the CBS guy maybe came out with something and then, then ESPN was like, well, we can't let them get it. Yeah. ESPN never saw a source. They wouldn't steal. Yeah. Right. They're like, so, um, unfortunately after 22 years and, and seven Super Bowls, I, I think he's he's definitely gone. But he's probably waiting to do some sort of like, you know how he is. He wants to do a video and he probably wants to end that man in the arena show, which isn't done yet. That, that final episode will probably be him telling his family that 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 it's over. But man, it as a Tampa fan and I won't gloss over the Patriots years, but holy shit was that a fantasy like i don't know what just happened but it happened way too quick it was unbelievable um he's the greatest quarterback to ever play there are so many stats you can go into number one and everything passing yardage touchdowns the the more more uh, touchdown passes in his 40s and his 20s is insane and in like 23 less games um 
we're going to miss him because we're about to go way down. Really, really bad. Who's your Kyle, backup? Kyle Trask might be our quarterback. Now. Oh, God. You got to cherish these moments. Cherish Milk, them. Milk, you know what Dan Marino said before he threw that pass? He said, <laughs> def- he said I might need to deflate this ball a little bit. Come on. <laughs> he did. <laughs> Milk, um, would, you, would you want either, for real, would you want either Carson Wentz or Andrew Luck as your quarterback? Andrew Luck is not coming out of retirement. No First way. Of all, Andrew Luck that's, weighs 100 pounds. I, I don't, he hasn't thrown a football in four years. And I don't want Carson Wentz as my quarterback. Okay. For my 50s. God, I want nothing more. I want nothing more than to see Carson Wentz <laughs> in Tampa. Yeah. And Milk have to root for him. And Toby have to root against him every week. Every week. <laughs> my is fucking amazing. <laughs> that's going to be the best thing ever. Look, that's, I think be awesome. every Tampa was I was convinced that this was a three year deal and I was three, maybe four. He was going to play. He was definitely going to play. Well, he said he was going to play till he's 45. So I, that every, I think everyone thought it was going to be year three. And I thought he would go maybe one more. I think two years is a, I'm a little like shocked that he's retiring, but, and I don't think last thing I'll say on this, I don't think Brady was planning on retiring at the beginning of this year. But I think this year was a little rough for him. There was a lot of issues with the Bucks, the injuries, Antonio it, Brown. Yeah, Antonio it, Brown sucked the life out of him, I think. I think it did. I think mm. he just got to that point. And then I think also he sees the writing on the wall. I don't think he thinks Brady's not doesn't play football to win divisions. He doesn't play football to win, you know, division championships. He plays to win Super Bowls. That's it. That's all he cares about. And I think he knew especially with the injuries and wharfs and all this stuff. I don't think he thinks this team can win a Super Bowl. And we're going to have to do some, some serious, you know, free agency stuff and we're going to lose guys. And he's probably like, that's it. You know what, what am I, I got nothing. I think it's a lot simpler. Giselle put her fucking foot down. Ah. And you know what? That's quite all right. Yeah. That's quite all right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, let her he, he her, made it through the season yeah. relatively unscathed. He's never had a you know a concussion that would uh, cause major problems down the road. Uh, he, he's still it's time. It's a good time to go out it on is. top. It is. He did more in two years here than anybody else did in forty. Um, so yeah, he'll always have a always have a place here in Tampa, even though he'll probably never step foot back in the city again. There's a rumor that he wanted his revenge against the Eagles. And then he was done with it. He, ah. which he did get <laughs> interesting. Wow. That, that sounds like a rumor that would start in Philly. <laughs> it might yeah. have. I think that, I think that rumor started in, yeah. in the upper left-hand corner of my screen just now. <laughs> and by the way, the Troy Aikman stat is crazy that he had more touchdown passes in his after 40 than Aikman did in his entire career, I believe. Wow. That, that's, that's crazy. Yeah. That is wow. crazy. Oh, and his three, yards, three, his yard for, three for hall pass went up too. He got better. He, he, yeah. was, he was the best quarterback in the NFL this year. He was, he was throwing the long ball better at the end than he did in the beginning of his career. His last touchdown pass to Mike Evans in that game last week 55 yards on a dime, whatever it was. Come on. 
Not many people could do make that throw. So go out on top. Kyle Trask error has begun. <laughs> or Carson Wentz. <laughs> so long, Tommy. All right. Enjoy the Patriots. Get your 10-day 10 10-day 10 uh, contract and retire, retire a Patriot. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. All right. Well, let's move from the uh, goat to the goat of sports, the goat, uh, the greatest sport, baseball for a minute. Um, uh, the Hall of Fame, Baseball Hall of Fame uh, came out this week. And, and I thought, you know, I want to cover this. And I thought a good place to start is a little bit about how these guys get elected to the Hall. Um because there's a lot of, you know, uncer- I feel like it's always like, wait a minute, they're not eligible, but they're eligible again. And what happens? So here's here's just a, a nutshell quick. This is how you get elected. The first thing is by the Baseball Writers Association of America. They have a committee of electors who have been writing for 10 years and they're eligible to vote. And they have to have been active as a baseball writer and member of the association for this 10 year period. OK, then. To be eligible, the player must have been active as a player in the major leagues at some point during a period beginning 20 years before and ending five years prior to their election. They have to have played in each of 10 major league championship seasons, some part of which was played in the rule above, see above. They have to have ceased to be an active player in the major leagues at least five calendar years before their election. And when a player dies, they can um, if a player dies or an active player or player who's been retired for less than five years dies, he'll be eligible the next year. And then any player on baseball's ineligible list is not a candidate. All right. So that's that's who's eligible. Um, And I didn't know that you had to play 10, 10 years to even be eligible uh, Hmm. to be on the ballot. So there's a screening committee then, a screening committee of six who who rotates, and they're the ones who set the ballot basically every year. And then when you have the ballot, um, you can vote for – the electors can then vote for 10, no more than 10 candidates, and you have to get 75% of the vote. Okay. So the reason I bring that up is because, as you may have heard – uh, David Ortiz, Big Pappy, was uh, the only person elected this year by the B- I want to BBWAA. By the B, right? That's yeah, right. And he had seventy-seven point nine percent, and he was the only one elected by the Baseball Writers Association of America. What's equally as important about the election though is who wasn't elected and who falls off the ballot: Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and Kurt Schilling. All fall off the ballot now. What, They're no what longer is, eligible. Nice. The rule on falling What's off that? the ballot. How do you fall off? Time like, out. So you fall off by you a certain amount of time to make the Hall of Fame, right? Right. Right. And a I think that goes back to a baseball player must have been active as a major league player at some point during a period beginning 20 years before. Okay. And five years prior to the election. Got once they're eligible, so, they only have 10 years. So if the 20 year look back has expired, then you're gone. What's the gone. what's the committee no, that though that put Josh Gibson on? 
Okay. So then you have what's called era committees. All right. The era committees, which used to be known as the veterans committee, mm-hmm. they've been around since the night, since 1937. And they've actually put 130, excuse me, 173 individuals into the hall of fame. And of the 173, it's been 101 major leaguers, 31 executives, 22 managers, 10 umps and nine Negro leaguers into the, into the hall of fame. There are four era committees. There is the today's game, which is 1988 to the present, the modern baseball committee, which is 1970 to 87, the golden days, 50 to 69, and then early baseball, which is prior to 1950. And they vote in a rotation. So not every year does every one of those committees vote. And so they can then, um, in, if it's their year, they can place and elect people into the Hall of Fame. So these, all these, these guys different, these will are get another chance. These are different electors than the BBWAA. Yes. Yes, that's right. So uh, that's right. Assuming there's some bias by the BBWAA against Clemens and Bonds and Schilling, these other guys could say, actually, I think they deserve it. That's right. You'll get uh, they, these guys will get another shot somewhere down the road. And uh, yeah, right. And that that is the interesting thing, because at some point with well, the whole steroid thing, you know, it, it's you know, it's a it's an interesting conversation. Should they be in? Should they be out? I mean, at this point, what we know is that Major League Baseball totally looked the other way to take advantage of what these guys were doing, hitting the home runs, putting fans in the stands and and cashing their checks, you know, all the way to the bank and everything. But then they then when it became public, they couldn't really do that. So now they have to get all high and mighty and these guys don't get elected in. Personally, I I don't really know where I come down on this. I I think it's really hard. I mean, these guys, they cheated. They broke Mm -hmm. the rules. They did. They broke the rules. Would Barry Bonds have been in the Hall of Fame if he hadn't cheated to, to get bigger and hit home runs? No yes. doubt. I mean, he was a four-time yes, MVP before he started right. doing this stuff. You know, Roger Clemens, same yes. thing. But but I heard an old-timer, you know, once say, and I might have even said this on this podcast back closer to episode two or something. The thing about steroids was these guys who were using them, they didn't have the dog days of summer. When you're playing 162 games and every day you're going out there and swinging a bat and playing in the heat in the summer – it wears your body down. And when you're taking steroids like that, you don't wear down. You don't feel it. You have the same energy as like you're an 18 year old kid every time you go out there. So you don't go through a 20 game slump, right? Where you just don't, where your muscles are just spent. So it's an interesting topic. Um, one thing that's, that's, you know, and by the way, I mean, you know, big Pappy made it and he's in, but let's not forget his name came up with a with a story about a positive test. And for a host of reasons, most of which were at MLB doing some shenanigans, it was never really confirmed that he actually had a positive uh, a positive test. So he was linked to the congressional report as having tested positive. He denied it all the way. Um, and, you know, and he's in the Hall of Fame now. He had a 286 lifetime average. 2,472 hits, 541 home runs, 
1768 RBIs, uh, Played for the Twins and the Sox, 10-time All-Star, three-time World Series champion, including breaking the uh, huge uh, slump and, and drought for the Red Sox. Um, he was a Hank Aaron Award winner twice, a Roberto Clemente Award winner. And I want to just play a quick clip because really one thing where uh, Ortiz really became sort of a national hero um, was after the Boston Marathon uh, bombings right when he uh, took the field in Boston and so let's play this hopefully everybody will be able to hear it but this was his speech that sort of made him a a, a superhero So that was the, the, this is our fucking city, big Pappy that really made him, you know, more of a legend and, uh, and, you know, congrats to him on going into the hall of fame, uh, with, with 77% of the vote. And, uh, you know, to guys like Kurt Schilling, who didn't go in, you're a fucking asshole anyway. Fuck you, you don't Kurt it, so whatever. I'm, I'm you, waiting Kurt on, Schilling. I'm still waiting on Cooperstown to call me and make so much money off that asterisk wing. You put Bonds, Clemens, Schilling, Pete Rose, all Rose. those guys in the asterisk wing. It would be perfect. Make a fortune. I, mean, I, just, yeah. I would like to say one thing on behalf of Big Poppy because, you know, you mentioned this anonymous survey test. Um, there's, a, you know, the, the, his contemporary who was also up for the first time was A-Rod. And, you know, I'm a Yankees fan. I hate A-Rod and I love Big Poppy. I'm glad Big Poppy made it in. And the difference between the two is Big Poppy was never suspended for performance enhancing drugs. A-Rod was suspended for 162 games. They had incredible proof and they suspended him. Big Poppy denied that anonymous report and, and, the, and the commissioner has come out and said it was a bogus test. And, they, and that guy was tested more than most people are ever tested after that and never tested positive. So... I don't think there should be a stain next to his name. I think he's a true Hall of Famer. I don't think there's a stain. I think you're right, but but it is it is you know it was out there. It did well, happen. I, so I let's go was, from. Uh, I think, but I think, but for that, he would have been higher than seventy-seven what percent. Could be. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, but but for being suspended, Manny Ramirez would be in too. He's he's just as good, if not better. But he yeah. was suspended well, twice. That conversations. That conversation is going to keep going on and on for a little while because there could be some more players. And, and again, we'll revisit Bonds and Clements and these guys when uh, when they get to that second round of the era committees. So, um, look, going from Kurt Schilling to punchable face of the week seems like it makes a lot of sense. Come on, man.
Who's got you a know, punchable face this week? I, I have at least one nomination, which I think is probably an obvious one. It's a sad one for everybody involved. Um, Mason Greenwood, uh, a young star, 20-year-old striker for Manchester United, one of the most famous teams in the world, one of the most watched teams in the world, and an up-and-coming star. Um, I think by all accounts, yes, it's alleged right now, but I think he brutally assaulted and raped his girlfriend. Um, he has been suspended from Man U. He's been cut from Nike. Um, his teammates have stopped following him on social media. David De Gea, the superstar goalie, Cristiano Ronaldo, the superstar forward, Marcus Rashford, Rashford superstar forward. Um, Man U will not provide him with legal counsel. He's he's has to do it on his own. And while the social media post from his girlfriend, whose name I, I think should not be revealed for her own uh, dignity and potential future, she took it down. But you can find stuff on the internet. And I've seen the photos. I've heard the audio. I've seen the video. It's unquestionably him. Uh, it is graphic. It is bloody. It is horrible. And we keep seeing this domestic assault situation in sports, really, really talented athletes. You know, I don't know what it's about. I mean, this kid joined the Man U developmental team at age six. He was the youngest goal goal scorer in European league history at the age of 17, just, just below 18 years of age. He, he scored in each of his first three games uh, this year, but he, he, he lost it and he did the unthinkable. And I, I don't think he'll ever play soccer game again. I, I hope he doesn't. I think he's going to be in prison for a long time. It's very sad for the girlfriend. It's very sad for the supporters of Man U. And it's sad for Mason Greenwood that he just desperately needs the help. Um, and it's, it's an awful story. I mean, he punched somebody in real life in the face and all over her body. He needs more than a punch in the face. And he's going to be facing a long prison time. It's an obvious punchable face for us this week. Oh, horrible. No doubt. Yeah. All right. Well, if we don't need a Ted Lasso moment now, I don't know when we <laughs> ever would. So anybody want to give us something happy to end the show on? Barbecue sauce. I've got one. Um, and this is about a uh, soccer player who is going to be playing soccer again. Nice. Um, you know, um, former Tottenham Spur player Christian Eriksen, uh, two about two years ago. Remember, we watched that guy literally die on the soccer field yeah. in the Euro- European Championships against uh, Denmark versus Finland. Yeah. He's had he's had an implantable defibrillator put into his chest. He's 29 years old, and he just signed with uh, Brentford because he was not allowed to play for Inter Milan because the Italian league will not let him play with that medical condition. But Brentford, which is an EPL team, signed him and he's back this season. Um, he's a great player. I, I wish him well. I hope he, I hope he pulls it off. That's a good story. And, and I'm, uh, it was a terrifying thing to watch. Yeah. 
And yeah, I've, no, I've good story. I've also got one, and uh, you know, there's those moments when the the SMQBs get our text to string going uh, during championship games, and and uh, Sunday was no different when uh, we discovered that Rafa uh, and Medjev were at uh, in the fifth set going towards the end, and Rafa was serving for the Australian Open. Um, you know, 35 year old. He's been out of the uh, uh, championship tennis for a while, um, almost retired. He's been talking about retiring. He's got a chronic foot injury, hadn't won a slam since 2020 at the French Open. Uh, he and Federer uh, and the Joker have been tied at 20 grand slams apiece. And, you know, the question is, who's going who's gonna to go ahead? And by all accounts, it should have been the Joker at the Aussie, but, you know, he he vaxxed himself out by be, not being vaxxed. And uh, uh, Rafa was down two sets, had three break points against him on his serve. Looked like it was over. It was going to be in quick order. And he, he came back, all the way came back, uh, had a chance to serve, lost that game, but broke uh, Medjev again and and served it out. So, you know, what a, what a great moment for a champion and it's probably his last slam you got to assume because the other younger guys are catching up and his body continues to break down but it was just the the pure will of uh, a true champion coming back and and doing what he did so that's my lasso congratulations king rafa good one nice so good one all right guys that's it we got um we're gonna to have to do something uh, different next week because we got a week off of football, so we'll uh, we'll have to come yeah. up with something. Maybe a little NBA, uh, the NBA, the NBA, NBA discussion. Uh, Everybody below, wants our Super Bowl yeah. preview. Below deck. <laughs> well, we'll do that, of course. Yeah, below deck. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats on fifty episodes, Unbelievable. SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, 
whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.